Welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast. It's Scott and Jack here in the <laughs> studio at Franklin uh, Bridge. Thank you all for listening, watching, viewing, subscribing, uh, giving a thumbs up, five stars, all of that. It really helps us um, when other people are searching for podcasts similar to this. So if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe or leave us a thumbs up. Uh, it'll also make sure that when we release a new episode, it pops up and wherever you guys listen to podcasts. So if you guys want to be uh, tuned into what is... Uh, going on in the no mulligans universe yeah. uh, yeah. did i say champions playbook earlier i don't think i, I don't think so i don't think no, so no, no. yeah I, you're good I, i'm having i was looking at your mulligans hat while you said no mulligans. yeah i'm playbook. having some uh some i remember <laughs> that one <laughs> that's right okay good <clears throat> um but today we are going to talk about my lesson here with scott uh i'm lucky to be able to to get scott and um it's not like in a, I have all access to you, but it's that, that I think we're good enough friends and we, I'll say air quotes, work together in a yeah. lot of ways to where I think it really, uh, I can really sell out to your well, teaching. And, so I want to talk done about that, it a lot. I've done that before and it actually doesn't always go well. Like talking to other teaching professionals, like sometimes teaching your friends actually doesn't go very well. Interesting. And it's not because the relationship d- dynamic's not there. It's because there's no buy-in. Interesting. So let's talk about that in the context of me then with like, just like the differences between that. And again, this is not, you know, let's pump Jack's tires the whole episode. But yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk well, about that. Well, I think, I, I think one of the things that in order for me to answer this, I have to think about like, there are people I've tried to help along the way that I haven't made them pay, right. I've given it to them for free. Um, just seeing the situation in their life. And I tell you what, they do not change as much as somebody who even pays $5. Like, when there's some skin in the game, yeah, they tend uh, to work better. Like, when there's a cost to me... Yeah. Um, and they, that's... Yeah, they don't want it to be lost uh, lost resources. Right. Yeah. And so, I, that was, I did that a little bit early on in my teaching. After I had had a few years, I've got some money in the bank, and I can actually afford to do that a little bit. Yeah. Then I put some skin in the game for them, even if they couldn't afford it. Like, hey, I need you to do some work for me. Mm. Right? Like, hey, here's my business card. I need you to give it to five people. Yeah. Right? Even something like that is enough. Like, because now they have to be uncomfortable to walk up to somebody and give them a business card. Or they feel like they owe you in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. So when there is some cost on their side, they tend to do better. Now, yeah. I think in some ways, the payment that you're paying me is your work to help with the podcast right like yeah i would agree cost i would totally agree i don't think it's conscious even it's not conscious and it it doesn't even feel like work i feel privileged to be able to right 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 well and i think you view now there there are exceptions i think but like they tend to view the opportunity in its correct light Mm. like all right wow what i'm getting motivates me like if you go from the christian perspective like what motivates people is not the laws and the rules that are in scripture right it's actually the love that's been shown to them if the deeper they understand that the more the better they show that ah, outwardly yeah that's good the better they understand the vertical the better they understand the hor- they give the horizontal that's, that's just really an good. example right you can give a thousand different examples but like you understand the depth yeah of what's being given to you like yeah. man what a great opportunity some invite somebody invites you to go to the masters right like if you understand how great it was to be invited to go to the masters with somebody you write a thank you letter like you spend time with them you thank them multiple times throughout the year wow. you find a way to give back to them like wow, wow, you wow. understand the cost of that and the opportunity 
that it is to go there. And you know what I think it is for me? Number one, I think I just have a good viewpoint, a good a good point of view in how I mm-hmm. how I view my golf game and where I want to be, and a lot of that comes from my athletic background. But also, I think I understand how good my potential can be mm. and how good of a teacher I have that's helping me uncover that. And, and I think it would be for not asking those questions. I'd be, and it would be a waste of my own potential and what I want golf to be for me if I did not use mm. the opportunity to the fullest. So the cost to you is if I don't use this, what is the chance I'm going to have this again in my life? Not only without, that, without a financial dollar. No, not only that, but also the fear of regret. If I oh yeah 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 if I don't I, max, kind of saying that. the same thing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like man, um, we actually it was at a teaching conference this last week in uh, Pinehurst, and the guy that's the presenter for it, um, he heads up this the Golf Range Association and puts all this stuff together and he said you know i worked for this lady right over here the first couple of years of my you know golf being a golf professional and she said you can come watch me teach anytime you want and she offered multiple times he said that's the biggest regret if i could go back and change one thing in my career i'd go spend time and learn from her wow and he said like but that's what you're like he didn't realize what he had until it was gone. You know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. The pay paradise put up a parking lot, right? Like, <laughs> say that. Say that slower. Yeah. Say that slow. Oh, the the song like they paid paradise to put up a parking lot, right? You don't know what you got till it's gone is the lyric before yep. that, right? Yep, yep. Yep. And so like that's unfortunately like where we get stuck. And I don't think you like to you you see the cost of being in. Like, if I don't take advantage of this, you're going to have regret for it. Like, I realize I'm a good athlete. Like, I'm like, sure, I could go play in, you know, rec league, church league softball, right? I could do any of those, but it's not, it's not the same as what I played at. But golf has the opportunity to be something that's that challenging to you. You love a challenge. You enjoy the challenge. You want to be challenged. So, like, when we get past some of the, like, hey, here's a lesson tidbit there. Here's a lesson tidbit here. Like, we normally only get those, what, a couple times a year? Two or three deep lessons. Yeah. And, like, I happened to take the day off on a Wednesday because I needed it. And I was like, I could go in and now nah, I'm going to just take the day off. Um, and so we had the opportunity where I wasn't rushed for time. You weren't rushed for time. Let's get some work on your golf game and really push and Coincidentally, really, right before we record the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It happened to be perfect. And so it was nice to do those those deep work because I don't get to do that much. I get to do it basically for four months of the year. And the longer I teach, the more of those students I'm getting, they're paying a higher price, right? And so you're getting a higher cost, regardless of what it is relative to their income level. People still view 175 an hour over 75 out 75 an hour. I don't care if you're making seven figures or four figures. 175 is still viewed from an instruction standpoint as high, high value. Now you may view it as like it's not as big of a cost, but there's still there's still value there, and so because of that i'm going to give it more of my full attention yeah and so now i kind of want to dive more into like the actual lesson mm-hmm. itself because i think there's a lot of good stuff in in that. i learned some things too that was so cool yeah, i was yeah. so excited about it 
Um, yeah, but anyway, let's let's so go like, ahead and let's your, go ahead and dive into it. Did your baseball swing screw up your golf swing? Like yeah. that's essentially like the hot button like topic, right? Well, yeah, and, and I guess a little bit of context behind this is that growing up and and obviously golf and, and anatomy and science and all of that has changed over the past twenty years, twenty six yeah. years that I've been alive, yeah. right? Um, and so the stereotype, all the way up until I would say probably about three or four years ago, maybe five, would be that. Your baseball swing or your golf swing is going to mess up your baseball swing, and right. so and vice versa. And, and golf yeah, space. correct, and yep. vice versa from a golf space. And so the way to counter that, you know, up until five years ago, was okay. If you if you swing right-handed in baseball, you're going to learn to play golf lefty, <laughs> thinking Which, that the two don't have any parallels, right? Which in some ways may have benefited power production in both sports. Well, I, totally. There's Working probably some pros side. that come to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But. It, the general principle has stayed the yeah, same, right? Yeah. And then as uh, time's gone on and as baseball has evolved, people have realized that, oh, if you can switch hit, like, you're really good. Like, right. You can, you, sh- you should be able to do both. And right. I think, and we've And now golfers proven, are the same way as well. Like, your highest level players, you turn them around left-handed, yeah. you're like, that looks like a pretty dang good golf swing. Well, there's actually a video that uh, the Barstool Foreplay podcast did with DJ, and he yes. played lefty and beat yes. a bunch of them, right? Oh yeah, and he hit it, and he hit drives over 300 yards left or something like that. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, yeah. it was so insane. But it's not, it's not as crazy when you've been around it. Like Michael Johnson at Auburn, right-handed player, plays. He's a corn fairy guy. Like won five tournaments at Auburn. I watched him hit a seven iron left-handed one day with his teammates, and Dude, he hit it like 160 left-handed. It's like what on a string, but that's how good they are. Totally. And totally. so, like, baseball's not going to screw up his golf swing, right? And um, but it does require some. It requires a different approach. Oh for me, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, which I think is really good. So, I mean, I think the premise behind what we're going to talk about here is that it's that's not true. The old stereotypes are not true. If anything, the baseball swing helps the golf swing, and right. vice versa too. Right. But. Uh, you and I were texting yesterday, and it's what kind of sparked this lesson <laughs> right. here today. But I was—I sent you a video of two of the like the most elite prospects in Major mm. League Baseball right now. They're 18, 19 years old, and they are nuts just in their technique. This guy's dad was a former big leaguer. He's—he's he's had every single training growing up, and I'm like, dude, just watch the way they are explosive throughout the ball. And you asked me some questions about I wish I knew what I was looking at, and then I kind of explained some. Yeah, things I was to like, you. I really, you know. I know, like, if you appreciate it at that level, yeah, that it's worth appreciating at that level, yeah. but I don't understand it enough to actually appreciate it at said level. Bingo. And so we were texting back and forth and kind of uh, drawing the parallels between the two and just, oh, he does it this way, but if we translate it like this in golf, it's the same thing, just different. Right. Um, and so that kind of goes into, now I'll let you talk about what we worked on today with the golf swing and how that parallels. <laughs> so for... A lot of my baseball players, a couple of things are, are absolutely incredible. So the first one is, I love baseball players because they have speed. Like, speed's never going to be an issue with you. And feel. And, and feel. So, like, being able to get the face on the ball is almost never a problem. Once they know where it's actually hit, because sometimes when you're first new, you're like, I don't know if that was toe or heel. Like, but once you start to understand those differences, you can find the face from just about anywhere. And Which is both really good uh-huh. and really dangerous. Yes. Because you yes. can develop some really bad habits really quick that way. And still find the face. Right. Yes. And uh, you were talking about the heel and toe thing. You know, it's funny because taking hundreds of thousands of rounds of batting practice throughout my years, like, 
you can tell exactly where the ball was hit, whether it was on the end of the bat, whether or not you you know was hit on the inside of the bat, whether mm-hmm. or not it was a sweet spot. Like you can tell, and so I'm not surprised yet very surprised that I can do the exact same thing with such a smaller surface area. Right. It like, just it just took some discovery. Bingo. <clears throat> and so the danger with that is like you've been able to manipulate it a little bit to get what you want and now I'm making a big push for you to be more fundamentally sound and that's a harder push but we're getting to see the levels at which like like baseball does run amok at some point and it also has made sense why instinctually remember I told Jamie like I actually don't like that I don't understand like when I do these things on just like instinct it bothers me that I don't understand it yeah because I won't learn from it if I don't understand it. Correct. So this is the first time I understood why so many of my baseball players, I just make you keep your feet still and just swing your dang arms and y'all freaking smoke it like right out of the gate. And it looks like a magic trick, right? Yeah, it does. And but it but it works. And it works because it takes the thing that makes baseball so much different from golf, which is baseball is fundamentally a center to trail leg pivot. And golf is fundamentally a center to forward leg pivot. Exactly. And so like those two fundamental things, like that's where things run aground really fast for a baseball player. And so by keeping the feet flat on the, like literally flat footed, they can smoke it and it's an all arm swing and your hand and eye coordination is so good. You're going to find the face every time. Yep. I can't do that necessarily with a beginner. Uh, although it does work there too. Um, but it's such a wonderful, how much time we got? How much percent? We got eight percent. Okay, we, we're gonna try. We're gonna squeeze this in as close as we can. Yeah, sorry if we talked. Um, <laughs> but like, so what we did fundamentally was like, you keep trying to rotate your hips. I was like, your hips are going to rotate. That was my initial thought, right? Like to try to sequence it. You don't need to force it to sequence. You've already got the sequence from baseball. We just got to get that where that center of that pivot is shifted. You know, it's so interesting, and I'm just now discovering this on the podcast too. When I'm playing baseball, or when I was playing baseball, it's the exact same thing. I'm all I'm all I'm feeling is swinging the arms because I'm trying to find the ball in space, and the only way to do that subconsciously is just just react with the arms, and the in the bottom right. half will follow. Right. I'm having a hard time with golf, and we talked about this last last night on text to where. Uh, we were talking about the trigger point, right? Or like where you decide to swing, right? right. And with baseball, it's so instantaneous because you're reacting to a pitch that's coming towards you. you're going to go every you. time until you decide not to. Yeah, bingo. And meanwhile, golf is the exact opposite. You have to decide when to pull the trigger, right? And that right. can lead to a lot of different... Uh, yeah, um, errors. Problems, errors. <laughs> and especially when you're trying to sequence things in certain orders, really you shouldn't golf at the highest level should be a reactionary game oh dude say that again say that again <laughs> not even at the highest level at the lowest level that's it a even good needs point but golf should be a reactionary game yes, but it should everybody thinks the opposite because they're like oh i've got so many swing thoughts in my head and then you can never do them all right right and they change the swing thought all the time fundamentally yeah. in baseball you don't change them that much yep y'all are a lot better at keeping the same swing thought because there's less like mud in the water if you will so it's <clears throat> so what we did was you got those legs to hold still and you can stick it great like it's all just we call it flicking it and people are like well, you're not supposed to flick it and, well that's a whole nother podcast for another day but you can actually flick it all you want and you'll lag it every time yep um but then it's like all right what's the next tier so what's the next fastest tier is really the next component for you is like 
All right, we need to get the arms on the right plane at the top of the back in the takeaway to the top of the backswing and to the finish because that's the proper way to load the muscle so it'll unload the same way every time which we saw on film that i was doing in my best takes like i right. I, I, I accomplished made that adjustment correct so i <laughs> yep. accomplished tier one there's three tiers i pretty much accomplished tier one as far as flicking it <laughs> correct tier two was a little less uh, it was a little less so, but I was still doing it, and that, right. that's kind of where I'm living right now. Right, and the legs are still quiet, on feet on, quiet on the ground. Like yep. That's still in place. And now, to end it all off, let's talk about the step three, <laughs> which is where we were at. The step three is the hard one, which is like, how do we actually get the hips to rotate? Yep. And once we finally... Once because... I, I oh, finally hey, hold on, hold on. Made, because... Yeah, we, we discovered in step three that baseball was a center to trail leg movement and golf is a center to front leg movement. And, and making that switch from the center to trail leg movement to the, to the center to front leg movement, that is the hard part. That is the part where we're having to completely tear down my motor skills and build it back up from the golf. Right. Your body actually does know how to rotate. Yes. It's just a along the wrong pivot point and so Bingo. then it made me make sense of like why does the feet down work so well well it forces you to keep the hips kind of right in the center yep and the, if anything they'll shift a little forward because the momentum of the club will pull you that way bingo but why did you have the big lift in your hips and 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 not have the shift forward the way we want it in the rotation well because your brain's smart enough to figure out in order to get the face on the ball I can't trail leg pivot. So like I'm going to create this like weird hybrid thing in the middle <laughs> that stops it from going back but, kind of but it, doesn't let it go forward. Right. It just yeah. kind of hides it and it's like yeah. you yeah. know, it's like taking uh what's what's the movie Office Space where like the guy that's the employee they keep moving him down all he gets to keep is his stapler like they move him into the back back room, back down in maintenance until he's eventually fired, right? Like it's you basically have just kind of he's still there. Right, so it's not fixed, but we actually started fixing it, and it took us multiple reps. Took us like trying to deconstruct in both of our heads what was keeping you from getting there. Back to the like, the explicit, implicit memory is like, well, you know, like you just need to get your hip there. Why can't you get it there? Keep looking at video, like, oh, because you keep trying to move it backwards, and you're like, but I'm trying to go this way, and then you go, well, that's what I was trying to do. I was like, well, that's not what I need you to do. And before this, we were also thinking that, oh, I just need to work on flexibility and get like in open my hip, and we found out today that it is not that problem. Would it help? Yeah, but totally. Like, it's not. But it would help everybody it. too. Right. It's not unique to me. Right. Yeah. And so that all of a sudden put a lot of switches together for me for my baseball players, which is like, hey, do we actually need to fix the hip thing? Yeah, but that's an 18-month fix at a minimum, assuming you practice three times a week and really grind on it with low ball count, high practice rep count, a lot of video work. like A lot of dry swings. And uh, I think yeah. you'll eventually, I think we'll eventually get you there. I, I think so too. But like you have something you can go play with I right now. I know so. You have something that if you work on, like you can start to implement kind of mid-winter, late winter, early spring, and you'll probably come April, May, have no problem playing with it. But the next one is we're talking, let's see, 2024, middle to late 2025, we'll actually see the hips have the ability to start to do what they're supposed to do because that motor pattern from baseball is so deep. But it doesn't mean it's ruining your golf swing. We just need to keep it at bay until it can be trained. And that's where the art of teaching is like, 
could we try to get your hips there in your very first lesson and really change it? Yeah, but you wouldn't play golf for very long. You'd quit. You'd change teachers. Like, you wouldn't be here at the bridge. Like, there's a lot of things that go into getting you there. And, and what's so interesting to me is, uh, first of all, you have to see the right teacher. And um, I, I, I can confidently say that there are some that aren't going to be able to take you to where you would take most yeah. people. Well, no, I couldn't take – I mean, my first couple of years of teaching, there's a lot of people I couldn't take. Yeah, bingo. Far. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I feel like a lot of people – have fundamental problems that will take a significant amount of time to fix at no fault of their own, but they will quit or try and find another teacher before it actually works. Right. Or not find the teacher that is willing to take them to that place. Right. Well, I think if the student is ready to do that overhaul, then great. But most cases people aren't. And even when they are, you still can't take them all the way there. You have to give them some teasers, which is what I'm seeing in CTC. Right. Yeah. But it's like, you have to understand human motivation, right? I'm asking you to undo the natural bend of, sorry, whoops. I'm working on my, t- speaking into the toner here. Um, I'm working on the natural bend of Americans is to have everything right now. Well, can I just go hit golf balls, right? Like martial arts is booming, has been booming for years. Why? Because people like to do things that are difficult. They don't let you spar right out of the gate. You learn how to move first. So, like, learning how to move is so important, but human motivation is number one, and that is they need to see that they can do it pretty quick. Yeah. a few swings at least. Yeah. 30 minutes maybe. Yep. They won't won't go with you the full hour. They won't. Most people, I think, are out, will check out in the first 15. Mm. If you don't have them in the first 15, you might be able to rescue them in the next 15, but if you don't have them there – they're out. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good from the teaching perspective and from the student perspective there. I think I'll, I will leave uh, everybody with this. And that's just this theory of the baseball swing and golf swing. Like it's just, it, you can compartmentalize them and they can mm-hmm. be two different things and they can help you. One thing that I thought was really interesting uh, and the highlight of my lesson here was I could tell that everything that we were wrestling with mentally, what we were talking about in text last night, what prompted this whole thing in the first place when I was doing the reps correctly, I I told you earlier. I said, "Dude, I felt like I felt something activate like in my in my glute." Now you sound like Tiger, like circa twenty fourteen. <laughs> my glutes weren't activating, <laughs> but like I told right. you, I, I go, "Dude, right. I just I felt like TV static like go down my left leg." You're like, "Oh, that was different." Yeah, and it was like, "Oh, my body is like actually responding differently," which let, let me know that we were down the right rabbit hole. We were down the right track, and so. I guess what I'll say to end this whole thing is this: we were really creative. We were willing to try something out that was uh, was completely foreign to both of us. And we had to shut off the implicit memory, tying back to the last podcast, Correct. and use that explicit of like, I'm not going to view this through the old lens. Like, I'm going to view it as it is. Yep. And be willing to take whatever I get from it. And because of that, we completely... Uh, we completely myth busted what we what we previously thought was the problem which was that i couldn't rotate my hips well correct and it really it was just uh, us melding our minds together me with my baseball you with my golf and we found exactly what we need to do for the future and i in order finally to was work. able to make sense of some of my instincts when i teach a lot of baseball players yeah they're all amazed i can fix it that fast and it's like oh that's why my brain's doing that and that's why that works and you are fixing it but they're on tier one or tier two right and it's going to be a long overhaul to get to tier right. three and and they may, and guess what? To break eighty, 
you don't have to have tier three. Yeah. But if you want to get to where you're breaking par on the regular, you might be able to one off it after years of training, but like you're gonna probably need to change that and be willing to do the hard work. And that, and that tracks with my scores right now. I've, you know, I've, I've done the hard work of breaking 80 and, you know, mastering my, or getting close to mastering. I'm not not even gonna say master. You're on the journey. On the journey of, of, uh, of, you know, course management. Mastery is a journey. It's not a destination. Right, right. And, you know, of, of course management and fundamentals and golf swings. And luckily my athletic ability has been able to take me to break 80, but now this is where the real work starts in order to get me to shoot low all the time. Yep. I love it, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening to this uh, not-so-short episode. I mean, it's short, we, but it's a medium episode. In. We snuck it in of uh, the No Mulligans we podcast. Left. We got uh, 3% on the computer. Oh, gosh. Hurry up. We got to hurry it up. Not thank you guys so much for listening, watching, viewing, subscribing. It's the No Mulligans podcast. Scott and Jack. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. There's one rule.